All right, in mathematics, it's not enough for me to just draw some pictures and say that that's a proof. So we have the alternative theorem, which says, given any system of linear equations, there are three alternatives. One, the system has a unique solution. Two, the system has no solution. Three, the system has an infinite number of solutions. It sounds like multiple choice tests, but it's, it's not. The unique solution is like the one point. The system has no solution is like the parallel lines or the parallel planes. And then three, the system has an infinite number of solutions, meaning at least they intersect at a line or a plane or something in four dimensions or, or more. So we need to prove that if it doesn't have a unique solution, that then it has an infinite number of solutions. So either zero solutions, one solution, or an infinite number of solutions. We're not going to have two or three or four solutions. So the proof goes something like this. Either a system is going to have a unique solution or it isn't. Either the system will have a, a unique solution or, n- or it won't. If it has a unique solution, that's like, for example, ABC. Now we need to consider or it will not. What kind? What are we talking about if it does not have a solution? If it does not have, pardon me, a unique solution, then we have to consider two other possibilities. If it does not have a unique solution, then there are two possibilities. Either there is no solution, in which case we're done, or there's more than one solution. Unique means only one. If someone is unique, there's no one else like him or her. So a unique solution means the only solution. If, if a system of equations, linear equations, does not have a unique solution, then that means it either has no solution or has more than one. Now, the proof really needs to address this third alternative. If the system has more than one solution, we need to prove that it really has an infinite number of solutions. And that's the crux of the proof. So to prove that, we need to say, suppose a system has more than one solution, say x1 and x2. And we're talking matrices, we're thinking two column vectors, x1, xyz, and x2, 
x, y, z. But if they're two different solutions, then we need to call them x1 and x2. So then we could say, suppose ax1 equals b. If x2 is also a solution of the same system, then that means that ax2 must also equal b. So based on my assumption that there's more than one solution, then I can talk about two of the more than one solutions, x1 and x2, and they would satisfy these equations, ax1 equals b and ax2 equals b. Now what we're going to do with this is to introduce a couple of other variables and we're going to play around with the algebra on this so that we can prove that if there are two solutions, x1 and x2, there are an infinite number of solutions. So first, let's consider, kind of like what we do with elimination, consider what happens if we take ax1 minus ax2. If we take ax1 minus ax2, aren't they also equal to b, each of them separately? So isn't that equal to b minus b? So therefore, isn't ax1 minus ax2 equal to zero vector that I call z? b minus b equals the zero vector. So if I take this ax1 minus ax2 and subtract them, sorry, if I take this ax1 minus ax2, I should get z. But I could also, if I wanted, use one of the properties of matrices, which is the distributive property. If these multiplications exist, which we assume they do because we have a a solution to the system, if these multiplications, ax1 and ax2, exist, then I can take the a out, can factor it out, so to speak, and say that a times x1 x1 minus x2 equals the zero vector. And I'm going to use that uh, ultimately in the end. But this is kind of like a, well, of course, zero equals zero, right? So we need to introduce some other notation. And that notation is to introduce k. Let k be any real number. And we're going to let a new matrix, W, equal K times the difference between my two solution vectors. And then I'm going to add X1 back. Now, I can't really explain why I would do that. It just makes it work out in the end. And I wouldn't expect you to know to do this step but this is going to be the key. We're going to define W to be that any real number K times the difference between our two solutions, X1 and X2, plus X1 back again. And notice that W represents an infinite number of solutions of um, because K can be any real number. So we're setting up a, ma- a matrix W that represents an infinite number of solutions. Now, defining W in this way is going to be the key to doing this proof, as is taking this W 
and then multiplying it by a. Remember, a is our coefficient matrix from ax equals b. So let's consider a times w. If we take a times w, that's a times k times x1 minus x2 plus x1 again. So we're taking a times w. And the reason why is it just is going to work. So we take a times w, and now I'm going to use some matrix algebra to rewrite this. This, first of all, all these, all these multiplications are defined. So we have a times k times x1 minus x2. Then we have plus a times x1. Now, a times k times x1 minus x2. Do we have that anywhere yet? Can I write the k first and then write the a times the x1 minus x2 and then plus the ax1? What is a times x1 minus x2 equal to? Do you remember? This was a solution to ax equals b, and x2 was also a solution to ax equals b. So when we took ax1 minus ax2, we got b minus b, which was the zero vector. And then remember, I brought the a out in front. So a times x1 minus x2 is actually equal to the zero matrix. So this is actually equal to k times z plus ax1. Any constant times a zero matrix is still the zero matrix. And do you remember what ax1 was equal to? Wasn't ax1 another name for b because x1 was a solution to ax equals b? So we get that aw equals 0 plus b, which is b. So aw equals b Well, isn't that the original equation? Ax equals b. If aw equals b, then that means w is a solution to ax equals b. Since w has k in it for any k, then w represents an infinite number of possibilities. So there are an infinite number of w's. So w represents an infinite number of solutions to the system. And there we've finished our proof because we've considered every possibility. And if there's more than one solution, there are an infinite number of solutions.